Recording. Rushley, are you are you with us? Hello. Hey. Hello. All right, get ready to clap. Ready. Th three, two, one, clap. All right. Um, I'm feeling a bit musical today, guys. I've, I'm on my second coffee right now. I've got fucking my boots scooting, baby. It's driving me a crazy. My obsession from a western, my dance floor. It, anyway, I've got that right like buzzing well. through my mind. I was. Uh, I do like Aladdin. I think Aladdin um, is probably one of my favorite animated films as a child. I think that Will Smith may have ruined it for the current generation of children out there, unfortunately yeah. speaking. Uh, hopefully they can enjoy his rendition of the genie. Uh, which was once done a, a great justice to by the great uh, and late Robin Williams, who was a was a smashing genie in his time. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do enjoy a bit of a musical, Jason. Uh, do, you were you were getting involved. You knew the yeah. lyrics to uh, what is it? A whole yeah, new I know, world. Yeah, I know where it goes from there. I know that, and I, I've got I do pretty decent job. Uh, Lion King's iffy, but Little Mermaid is another specialty of mine. Which uh, Little Mermaid songs are we talking here? You're doing a bit of a Sebastian situation. Under, under the, the sea, sea is under yeah, the under sea. the sea is the go-to. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I would I would get into it. I'm a little brain foggy, tired at the moment. Uh, well, you've been on a magic carpet. <laughs> <laughs> nice tie in. That's really well done. Wow, you get you get you get top points for the day. Yeah. I told you I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm a couple coffees is deep. Is this how it yeah. to be you know, a, a boomer when like I want to say that those Disney uh, cartoons like movies from the 90s like are better than the recent ones is that like a no, thing like in my all. time everything was better than it is today i don't think so i think media today has fucking well, become trash it's just oversaturated fucking rehash nonsense why are we remaking things like little mermaid and shit what i think the that? correct answer is is yes it is a bit boomerish but also objectively speaking it's it's correct it is is very correct the new, so, the new Lion King wasn't... Boomers yeah. are correct, is the yeah, message. basically. What did you say about the new Lion King? Okay. Uh, the new Lion King was apparently horrible. I haven't watched it yet. It's on. Uh, it was on the Etihad uh, flight list. I might watch it on the way back, just to just for shits and giggles. Uh, are they a sponsor now? No. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we should, we we should charge them, though. <laughs> charge them for that one. <laughs> We're about to bring Eddie had all the business in the world after that. <laughs> all of our listeners are going to go purchase some Eddie had flights like immediately yeah, now. Use code use, oh, code, uh, use code talking counter uh, for a five percent discount. Fifteen percent uh, if you're flying uh, yeah. business class. Twenty percent if you're flying I, first class. Oh, did you guys see that thing on Netflix about the the Pepsi ad? We have to be careful with that. We have to put like an asterisk there and say that that is not actually an advertisement. You know, yeah, it's, a, it's a joke. Did, I don't know if you guys. I saw haven't it. seen I saw that it, documentary. It. Yeah, I, but I know the situation because it was huge in the states. I remember actually experiencing that at the time growing up and like the the news stir that it caused. And for those of you who are not boomers, um, Pepsi used to do a thing where if like you collect enough Pepsi points. Uh, you can win certain prizes, and one of the prizes was like X amount of millions of points would get you a Harrier jet, like an actual fighter jet, military jet. Uh, you know, vertical takeoff and landing. It was super fucking cool back in the day. Um, and some some dude actually did it. They never thought it would happen, and then Pepsi wouldn't give him the jet. <laughs> so, I I watched the I watched the whole thing. It's crazy, like the loophole that he got through because he he kind of like partnered up with this with this uh, entrepreneurial business bloke uh to to kind of fund this venture and it ended up that they could just like you could purchase pepsi points so they ended up being able to purchase the pepsi points through pepsi 
and then they sent them the form that you had to fill out and they added Harrier Jet to the theme because that wasn't in the catalog of like sunglasses and shirts and jackets and shit. And then they, they went through this like long proceeding of like trying to sue Pepsi and stuff over this ad that Pepsi did where, you know, they, they didn't disclose that it was a, it was a joke, right? That, that, that you couldn't buy a Harrier Jet. And there's another crazy bit in there when they're working, when Pepsi's working with the advertisers, the advertiser wants them to knock zeros off the amount of points they say it's available because it just seems like it, they said it was hard to read. So they ended up knocking it down and then the points became somewhat obtainable in this crazy anyway i it's a fun little watch if people, if I think, people wanted to watch it i think it they out. also started adding in the disclaimer that it was a joke after like this guy like tried to yes. claim it and started like suing them for it and started like going down that road is like they, they added the text of the commercials that's that's, that's that shit was on. all crazy like there was a documentary on uh did you did you guys ever get like uh the mcdonald's monopoly game yeah, Did yeah, you see yeah. the documentary on that one where it turns out it was like actually just like a money laundering scheme? <laughs> like it was just, yeah, oh, it was really? like this great childhood game that everyone has crazy memories with. And everyone was like, oh, I'm going to get some free French fries. And it turns out it was just like a massive scam. That one's, that okay. one's good, too. If you, I, if you like the Pepsi one, you, you know. should watch that one as well. Did did that get in Serbia, Yanko? Did you have the, the McDonald's Monopoly? No. Not, oh, okay. not yet. I mean, we, we never had the McRib here as well, which I hear is the shit. So I've never had a McRib. Out. But this is, McRib real? you know, you guys were really surprised by this. If we go back to like 2016s or whatnot, 17s, it's like McDonald's is trash in the US, pretty much. But actually, like in Serbia, it's McDonald's good in Australia. is like pretty good. And I know even Jason or yeah. Chase, when he was here, he's like, like, dude, McDonald's here is like way better. Yeah. Than it is back in the states. So I don't know for what reason in Eastern Europe. I guess because it's probably the first one, like the first fast food chain that showed up. It's like more tasty. It's like better than it is in the U.S. Because I don't know. It, it also I was gonna say because it's like the only one, but that would wouldn't make sense because if they don't have any real competition, it should be like more shitty if anything. But for whatever sure, reason, yeah. it's actually like better. It's. It's mega, like the thing though in America, there's just so many options for fast food. I know when we get, would go in the past and be at these events and you'd just be driving through areas and you would just see like just all the fast food joints on top of each other. It's fucking crazy. Now, I just have to quickly interject here for a second because we have brought back uh, everyone's favorite uh, host of Get Animated, Rush the One, Two, Three, Four, Five, Six. But Rush, this isn't a fucking episode of Tiger Belly, mate. You could have said something so far. I'm just a little tired, you know. I, you could say I'm not very animated today. I'm just. I woke up late. I had a dream that <laughs> pissed me off. I'll tell you about that later. Um, I did sit on the toilet for a little bit last night, you know, and um, yeah. So I'm not. So you're not I'm, feeling well. Uh, I'm just tired today, but yeah. Or just reading just a good say, book. I, well, what's that? What's that because he was sitting on the toilet for well, the last time? I, I, well, <laughs> that's connected to I mean, shits and giggles bit, Chad. <laughs> okay. well, we, pl we played some games last night, Chad. After I left, I had to go. Yeah, I just had a little session with the toilet last night, you know, and it was. It was a bit. It was one of them ones where you kind of think you might die. Were you on you know, the toilet or right. were you kneeling before the it. porcelain god? I think I was on it, but I was like almost kneeling because I was hunched over in such agony, basically. Really? Yeah. But it was all right. It happens once a, once a year or so. So. Well, <laughs> maybe you should get that checked. No, out. I just I think I ate something. Fucked, You've also know? just told us before we went live that you were having a nice uh, Chinese coffee yourself, and that's that's a that's a good little laxative to have just after you spend the night on the toilet. You're good keeping point. the tubes clear. No, there is nothing inside me right now, bro. So don't don't worry about that. <laughs> 
Well, nothing's coming out today. Happy to hear that, even though we're not doing a video stream. But yeah, <laughs> Jason, Chinese coffee is that like a euphemism? No, he, he, no, he really me, has. Chinese Rush and I coffee. have been chatting a little bit about coffee over the over the past few months here and there because he was my inspiration to start bringing uh, my my portable AeroPress coffee maker to various events. I brought it to Malta when I was there for a month and it was a revelation. So then I brought it out to Brazil as well. Uh, and having your own coffee maker and bringing your own coffee to events is such a life-changing experience that I found, I think, way too late into my career. It is good. Yeah? I mean, okay. the key is coffee need fresh... This isn't the segment, but maybe it's get, get caffeinated. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, like, this isn't the segment. Okay. Fresh roasted coffee is very good. Like... Um, like if you just buy stuff from supermarkets, it's always garbage, and you always need to buy beans. Like have a roastery that's near you, you know. And yeah, shop like, local. It's so good. Like, um, like when you taste like real, like good, freshly roasted coffee through like a V6 AeroPress or something like that. Yeah, I don't think you can go back. It just tastes so good. Yeah, it is. It's it was a it's lovely. It really it, it, getting away from like the instant coffee that's at the hotels, that like boiling pot of water is just like. Ugh. Oh yes. I can drink I it if I to, need it, but um, yeah. I might have to treat myself, you know. I've, 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 I, I do enjoy a good coffee, but I just did the little pod Nespresso machine at home, which does the job, right? It's, yeah. it's not, it's not it's terrible, easy. but it's the, it's the evolution of instant coffee, I would say, right? It's become something in the, in the household that people are able to get their hands on. You make a quick coffee and away you go. Even froth your milk. You get the little milk froth. But maybe I have to be more bougie. It's not. It's. A, I got to treat myself. For don't Christmas. think of it like bougie, but think of it as you gotta. You gotta enjoy the process of making the coffee. You know, it's therapeutic way to start your day. Let the dogs out. Put a pot of a pot of water okay. on. It doesn't take long either. Yeah. It doesn't take that long, but it is a process. It, you know, grinding the beans is a very aromatic, a aromatic experience. You could say. Yeah. It's, it's good. Okay. Well, I might have to consider that. I want to maybe coffee and a 360 hertz monitor for Christmas. Oh. Might be, might be the game, well, I'm getting right? the whole thing, um, Chad. <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting a. I'm getting the BenQ 360. Get a 4080, Yanko. Okay. 49. No, I can't. I can't. I have a. I have a 3080 on the way, from the US. Because okay. for whatever reason, like it's way cheaper to buy components there than it is in Serbia. So I'll have a friend smuggle it for me. Try and smuggle it. Shout right. out to the. Serbian's customs, if you're listening oh, to this <laughs> This was just a joke. We're, we're all kidding. Just, just a troll. <laughs> this is a comedy yeah, so podcast. Yeah, I'm getting that one for uh, CS, and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get, like, the Samsung G8 something, like the curved 32-inch one, 240 hertz for, like, Shit. my single-player games that I like to play. Okay, nice. I know, like, the, like, God of War and yeah, that kind and of stuff, so, right? Yeah, so, like, the 4080, I couldn't, when I was, like, ordering this one, it wasn't available anywhere, which is what I wanted to get. But then, down the line, it becomes available for a reasonable price. I'll just buy that and put that in there as well. Just have both sure. of them in. Fuck it. What's a 4080 worth? 1300 is, like, the, I think, the MSRP, which I don't know what it means, but it's, like, the recommended price something. Okay, but this right. I got I got yeah, a thirty eighty, uh, for like eight hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Because I look, I got a new computer this year. I think at the start of the year it was. Maybe it was late last year. I forget one of the two. But when I see the fucking forty eighty come out, I'm just like, I just want to. I want I want the latest tech. I want a three sixty hertz monitor. I want to I want to know what. What, what it can feel like. I want to know what true power you know, can feel like while I play Counter-Strike. <laughs> you know how to take a graphics card out now, though, so you could just buy it and put it in. 
Uh, well, why, why don't I just get another computer? Why don't, yeah, well, start putting a if you do that, send me your CPU because I'll take the uh, 5950X. It just or I could just have multiple PCs the, here, Rush. You, ca you can come one, visit, mate. You can I'll have steal the chip. I'll steal the chip. I got that as well. From oh, Intel. Yeah, Shout out the, to Intel for supporting Counter Strike. That's why I always I'll never buy on these. Shame on you, Chad. Shame on you. You out We're, of all people. How do you know that I have an AMD you just processor? Said <laughs> Rush said he's going to get the 59X from you, 5950. Oh, yeah. So I, I do have an AMD processor. I'm a budget gamer, so I need it. But yeah, Chad has no excuse. We're throwing, we're throwing a lot of corporate <laughs> names around here without any sponsors on this show. I just, this I just want to put that out there. Well... We, we're just showing them what kind of well, power we, we have. Yeah, we got to show the them the numbers, name, right? Yeah, so that point. we could, yeah, where we show them how many listeners. No, but just quickly on that, bit of a sidebar. This is where, like, we're breaking the fourth wall. And I'm, like, stepping through the screen right now. And I'm chatting right into the ears of the people at home. Um, I made a Twitter account for us. The oh. Twitter account name is literally at Talking Counter. Uh, and if you want to follow us on YouTube as well, it's also at Talking Counter. I think you have to subscribe. You subscribe on YouTube, you don't follow. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if you guys want, because we're going to try and put going into next year a little bit more Bells uh, and whistles. effort into those areas. And a good way to communicate with our viewers, I think, would be over Twitter. It's a nice little discourse. Uh, so anyway, now I'm going to step back out of that fourth wall and back into the conversation but yeah i uh have i derailed everything rush, I feel like rush was our now. first follower yeah damn right he was straight in there he was chad you made the account uh, and you didn't even follow it <laughs> you asshole no, I didn't. <laughs> well I, I got to following uh, yeah you know i was doing it in an incognito tab and i fucking forgot what i said the password is right now so there's a few steps that i'll have to go through to get back into the account but i'll be able to access it it's it's possible it's definitely possible. Why? Okay, this is gonna this is gonna get me a little bit triggered here. Why now, right? Are we not officially verified anymore? Why? Why have I got a blue tick, but other people like ESL have a gold tick? Well, that's, what's so going on with this? Business. The gold tick is for businesses. He's changed it. So the blue tick, it's gone from the thing that you tweeted at me yesterday, Jason, yeah. and now it's gone back to this account is verified because it's notable. It may or may it, not be notable. It's notable in. Yeah, but now it's so it's flicking between the two. So what am I? Am I notable or not Which notable? You're, you're in a I think that's for the. Oh yeah, yeah this one. Mine is. It's different. notable in government, news, entertainment, or another designated category. So you'd fall into entertainment, I would imagine. Because I think Wait, I think for me it says. But is that what it says for you when you click on Chad? No, that's what it says for me when I click on mine. That's what it says for me as well. But for Chad, it says this is a legacy verified account. It may or may not be notable. That's what Jason says for me. Let me see Jason's. Let's see. This is. <laughs> so we've been downgraded. I, I've been man. I've been reupgraded. Like... I was at that one. The screenshot that I sent you. I actually feel great. This has woken me up. I'm I'm back to being notable. But I'm taking a screenshot of mine right now. This is fucked, yeah. bro. Like no, we're but gonna have to get when someone Mr. else when someone Elon Jason, Musk on the me, phone. When I look at you, it says this is a legacy verified account. It may or may not be notable. So it's like if you look for yourself, Boom. then it says the nice thing. But if you look uh, at someone else, then it says it may or may not be notable. That's sneaky as fuck. Because, uh, okay. right? yeah, I think it's like, I think it's gold is for companies. I think green is going to be for like, poli green. green is going to be for like politicians and political, the political sphere, I think. Like, like gov okay. government people that, that are like there for, it's like a public surface, public, uh, public good verification. Uh, and then blue is obviously subscribing to, to Twitter, Twitter blue. Okay. It's, it's, right. it's bugged. I don't even have one, so I mean, I don't know what happened to mine. Yeah, bugged. 
well, I, look, Rush, I think this is a perfect segue now that you brought this up. Uh, you you don't have a, a, a check mark at all on Twitter, but you know what you do have? You have a segment on Talking Counter. Now, segment. get animated. Uh, it was very popular. Uh, and by wow. popular demand, we're looking to bring it back. The people loved it, Rush. The people at home loved it. Well, I read a comment. It kind of shook me a little bit. It was from... Um, you shouldn't read the comments, Rush. Yeah, Listen well, to Joe you know, Rogan. You know, I, it was from Apart N9753, and he said, uh, Fuck anime. I didn't come to a CS podcast to listen to about weeb shit, so getting animated in its current form is, is cancelled. It's dead. Uh, it won't be coming back. One comment. Well, you know, I'm a sensitive What about guy, all the people you know? that liked it? Well, you know, there's, there's always one. So, you know, the negative, some, the, negative you know. One, the negative ones hit harder, Chad. You know this. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, they hit like a truck. Others. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Chad, you should know all about this. So, I mean, anyway, but that, it's dead. So we have a new segment now. It's um, uh, I'll try and make it recurring. I don't really know how, but it's um, sit or stand or stand or sit. Is this is this for this a pig? Is, is this for a pig? You want to know? No, a few thi- a few aspects of toilets <laughs> because of my toilet. How did we get to this, bro? So, you brought us into toilet humor for the fucking. It's not humor. Fuck, it's a discussion. Man. It's a conversation. Okay. So right. first on it is um, peeing. Now, I personally, just so no one's embarrassed, you know, I'll come out and say how I do it first so you guys can open up about yourselves. But personally, when I pee, I am uh, I stand up on my two feet and I pee into the toilet bowl. So that's that's how I do it. There's, oh, but there's, there's, there's nothing embarrassing about that, Rush. That's, that's the only the... proper way to do it. Do you aim for the little puddle or do you... That's a fantastic question, oh. puddle. Okay. <laughs> Are you off yeah, the backboard? No, back you go off the left side. You go off the backboard. Uh, you go off the backboard at night if you're trying to keep things a little quiet. quieter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a self. I don't know. You I, still I, get the noise of it hitting the porcelain though. But like, that's less not, than the. Like you know, the, I can't even make that noise. But you know, the noise when you go direct down the center. You know. You know. The bullseye I feel shot. the best to aim is just before the water. So you're hitting the porcelain just, and then it's straight. I think that's the, more risky though, because there might be a bit of like. Um, uh, spillage, like yeah, like those or drippage. A, a couple of strays that well, might make it yeah. down, you know, under your under your feet. <laughs> also, yeah, that's a big risk. I go okay, I don't, forward and left, I don't know, like how, center left. I don't know how we've gotten into this topic, but now that we're here, I just I, I play. Do you guys play any games while you pee? Like I, <laughs> no. <laughs> so like while I'm peeing, I try no, and I, 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 read I try and when I'm on the toilet seat. <laughs> I try and flush the toilet at the exact time that the water disappears when I'm done peeing. I try and time it. <laughs> That's what? And <laughs> what does that mean? It's great what does that mean? because every toilet you go to around the world has a different timing for when the water disappears. So it's like a challenge. Every new hotel is like, okay, I've got six days to learn the timing of this toilet. To, to beat the game. I said there was no shame. I didn't know you were this intense, Jason. Just like taking a fucking piss, but good for you, man. I I'm, don't have dude, any try it. He's gamifying. He's try it at he's some gamifying point. Gamifying urination. Think, think about yeah, it next I time you're peeing. Try and try and do it, and you're gonna get hooked onto the game. Okay. Well, well I've never tried it, well, so I, I won't knock I it. I played this game. It. I tried to like only pee in the toilet, <laughs> and not on the toilet seat. That's that's <laughs> the that's that's my game. You're not doing the Madonna and peeing on your feet in the shower, or you know. Anyway, we've we've strayed a bit. On my own we've strayed a bit. We have. So the, the so reason why I brought re- that wait. part up was because a lot of people sit while they pee, and I wanted to know if there was but any sitters here. But that's because you're in here. Germany. It's a that's a common no, thing I've in seen, Germany. I've seen some polls, and it's pretty split 50-50, To be Joe honest. Joe Miller. Well, Joe sorry. Miller. Germans voting in the polls, man. I don't fucking. Joe Miller did put out that poll a while back, and it was it scared me a little bit. 
how many people voted that they sit while they pee. Me too. It's very common. Very common. But I think, it, look, I think that there's there's two there's two things here. One of the two is that I think that there is a thing in Germany. It's the same with like showering in Germany. It's weird. They like sit down in the bathtub. Like that's how they fucking shower in, in some places in Germany. I remember hearing about this. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, wild, right? But the long, long and the short of all of this here, when we're when we're going back to the the urination situation, is some of them like that's how they were brought up to sit down to pee. But there's also like some brought people up. like the comfort of it at home. They just you know they they want to take their time. They sit down, they piss, they stand up, and they're off. And that what you might be standing up to urinate when you're at like uh when you're when you're out and about, right? But when you're home, maybe they think that it's a bit of a treat to be able to sit down to urinate, and they don't want to. Stand. I'm with you boys. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate more here effort, to though, isn't it? the unrepresented. Well, no one's deba- Look, I'm not debating that rush. I'm just trying to offer up something here from from their side. So we'll have to let them have their comment. But you may as well move to the second yeah, part. Yeah, second of this, part. Of this. this is the one. Well, this is the really one that's kind of wild. This one's well, very before controversial. This, before you move, because we're moving from number one to number two, I imagine. Correct. Correct. I was like, what's your technique when you wake up with a hard on and go pee? Um, sometimes you can kind of angle yourself, like, can be like, um, the Superman po- you can po- pose you go for kinda, it. Yeah. You put, you, you extend your arms and kind of like lean forward onto the wall in front. Sometimes that kind of works. This segment is, is not as good. Anyway, as let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Crouch and push. That's <laughs> the crouch and push. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I think I get it. Yeah. yeah I get it. You can I get it. Go rush. One time. I'll try that t- tomorrow. I'll try that tomorrow. Way too generous. Like this, this is gonna really cause. This is gonna cause a lot of outrage. Can we please get to this okay, next one? Okay, this one's yeah. really, really rough. So, boys, you're about to lose I'm not your saying, mind. I'm not saying, you know, if you poop standing or sitting, because we, you know, for now, let's just assume everyone sits when they poop. However, well, some people squat. Right? That's true. Let's let's forget that for now. Though. Let's forget that. All right. So only toilet sitters. Now this one, no this one is squatters. about sixty-five percent to thirty-five percent. But um, I was discussing some things with Chad the other day. Business, you know. Uh, revise that. Revise that. <laughs> we, <laughs> we were just talking. We were just talking. Revise that immediately. <laughs> there are a subsection of human, myself being one of them, where I I. Basically, when I do a little poopy in the toilet, I um, st- I hate it. I stand up and then I wipe. How have we gotten to this part of the fucking world? <laughs> Why is Wait, he what? This to us Isn't now? that he he stands to wipe? Now there's a lot of opinions on this, Yanko. So what, I mean, so how do you do? I do, that's how I do it. Is there another way? You to stand do it? up. You stand up, yeah, Yanko. When you wipe. Of course, how what a legend, bro! I knew, I knew you were Bay Z, Yanko. But my God, that's nice. To hear. Yeah, that's made my you, day. How, what's the other way to do it? I don't know. Legit. People sit down, Yanko. But while you're sitting down, where and does they, my hand go? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It, to me, it doesn't make sense. But they, it doesn't make sense that we're we stand. in the minority. We're we're yeah. we're 35%, believe it or not. People do not know the other side of this exists as well. Like people who sit down don't know that we stand up and we stand up as don't really I mean, I knew people sit sat down and I think I tried it and it just was uncomfortable. It kinda hurt my arm a little bit. So personally I stand up. So I'm curious to hear what, what Jason and Chad do as well. I know what Chad does, but You know what I do, mate. I why, why would I be that, so opposed okay. to this? Why would it? Because we had this conversation the other day on uh, Teams, yeah, exactly yeah. like we're doing now, just with the mics not recording. And I couldn't believe it because I think that there's so many obstacles. Like, so standing up, I imagine that you're not standing 100% straight, right? You've obviously still, you've got a little bit of bend in the knee. Uh, like before a, a, little like bit bend before in the a golf hit, basically. Straight, yeah, that's, so that's, good. Little, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Relax. Yeah, so there's a bit, of, but there's a, a bit of bend going on. I understand that, right? 
Um, I, I can see I can see how it would be working here, but I just feel there's so many obstacles. First and foremost, you're removing your ass from the the uh, the excrement removal vehicle well, being the toilet. Yep. So you've now created a massive gap between the two where anything is could a really problem happen. if you're having wait, wait, wait. it can be tricky, yeah. Like what? What's the worst thing that could happen in your mind, Chad? Well, because if you're having a, uh, how are we fucking 25 <laughs> minutes into a podcast? If you've had a real messy business down there, Jason, uh, here we right? go. Go and on. It is. It's. It's been a bit of a war zone down there, right? There's. There can potentially be some. There can be some drippage. There cannot be, be drippage. Drip- there cannot be drippage. That is ludicrous. There can be drippage. Well, it depends on how violent you're talking here. The bowel movements rush. I think there can be drippage. Maybe. But that's it's not regular drippage. No, but in, not regular in a at all. Worst case scenario, I feel there could be. Well, I think then you should be a bit more careful when you know there's going to be drippage, which I don't. I can't say I've ever had anal drippage before. <laughs> but <laughs> we don't have leaky ass syndrome, then, mate. You, you, Maybe you, not. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I know there's some people out there. You, you, <laughs> Can we just restart this whole podcast? Can we just go back <laughs> to the beginning? We should we should definitely we should definitely cap this off and then thank Rush for his time. Rush, you know you will need a new segment next time. There's no way we're returning. It's gonna be to hard this. to do this again next time, to be honest. So I mean, you need a new segment, maybe. bro. This is much worse than get animated. Jason, do you wanna have your say here? And I don't wanna can, I don't wanna can... talk about it, but I I, I also stand uh Wow. Okay. Oh wow. So I'm yes. in the minority in this conversation. Wow. I think wow. they're the, the okay. first two sit open sitters that I've spoke to. To be and honest. I can open standards. You mean open standards? Yeah, yeah. You've brought us out of the closet <laughs> with this one, Rush. Uh, I can honestly say I've never experienced any obstacles with the standing situation. No. Okay. No, no drippages, only, I guess you call the, it. The only problem is, is like. <laughs> If your back hurts for whatever reason, right, you have some back issues, and then okay. like the, the, yeah, the, the turning, back, yeah. right, is a bit. More oh difficult. yes, when you're trying to get the the hand back there, yeah. What if you What if you're hungover, Yanko? Doesn't matter. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well, Rush. Well, this has been um, a, a segment of sit or stand, stand or sit. Uh, we'll see if we can bring back next time. Rush, I think I think you should today. just have a new random segment every time you show up on the show. It's animated one time, Sanders sit this be, time. Yeah. Next time, just completely new. Just bring it to us random. It can't be that again, Rush. That was we can't yeah, have that again. We should right. we Fair should enough. minimize you know? the anal leakage conversations. Uh, should be at a bare minimum. I'll throw that out there. I think I think we need to put a fucking disclaimer out now before we put this we're one gonna out. Have to. That, we'll have to address yeah, okay. it address it in the tweet. Okay. All right. Well, thank you right, for your well, time, Rush. Have a good day, everyone. All right. I'll catch you later. Thanks for everything, man. Bye, Rush. Peace, peace, peace. <laughs> well, where do you go from there? What can you say about that one? <laughs> I can't believe that's what he brought to us. Because we were talking earlier in the week, and I was like, if we do another one and you're around, do you want to just jump in and do another like segment? And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll think of something. And that's what he's come up with. Well, you, I'm so You know he had something completely different in mind before he spent like two hours in the toilet last night. And then he was like, you know what? I got a great idea. Yeah, I guess. It just feels like it's a missed opportunity here. I'd love to... We'll hear what the people at home have to say about it. Yeah. But um, that one, that will not be back. Maybe he has to sit out the next episode after that fucking... Okay. All right. Let's get back in the room, yeah. shall we? Um, Yanka, yes. you're at home, right? I'm at home. And Jason, you're... Abu Dhabi. Uh, you, you're... Okay, which will be home for the next five or six days, I imagine, while uh, the Blast Premier World Fall fi- World Fall Finals. Where did I add an actual from? Word from World Finals uh, for 2022 are going yeah. down. Um, 
Now, we spoke a lot about this on the last episode the three of us did together. We actually talked an awful lot. We were talking about banger matchups. I think the only team that we didn't spend a lot of time talking about was probably, uh, yeah, and Liquid, I would say. I think we, we skimmed did breeze over, over Liquid. Liquid. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's because not a whole lot had really changed uh, with the Liquid conversation to to that point. Like, nothing really new to add from where they were last time. But I think what could be interesting to explore... Because I know that you and I are liquid hopefuls, Jason, and I don't think we need to rehash that. But I know that Yanko is—he—he uh, he doesn't see what the shine in the eyes of liquid like we do. So Yanko, could you could you elaborate on to why you don't see that that shine that maybe Jason and I are blinded well, by? I think it just comes from watching them play, right? It's not really that convincing. It looks like they're still trying to figure some things out, probably, you know, obviously deepen their, widen their map pool as well. That's a big problem for them when it comes to uh, best of threes, I feel like. So, and, and, and also just the fragging in a sense of Nitro. I know recently he had a couple of good games, a couple of like maps where he had like 30 plus kills, which obviously he doesn't even need to have really, but just need, needs to have more games um, you know, where he's not 05, 06 rating or, or whatever it is. So for me, it's that. And just still sometimes it feels like you see some of the remnants from the old liquid where they can get too emotional in games, right? And it looks like, not not that they've given up, but they've gotten too frustrated by some of the rounds and then the whole map snowballs out of control, right? Like you need to be able to keep your emotions in check if you're ever going to be a real like contender team, you know, because shit situations are going to happen. You're always going to make mistakes. Like perfect game of Counter-Strike happens once in a blue moon, you know, so shit's going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. Another team is going to outsmart you, outplay you at times, especially at the highest level. And you just need to accept that and deal with it and keep rolling and keep going. So I feel like there's definitely a chance that Liquid can figure that stuff out you know, and, and become yeah. better in those areas. And when they do that, if they do that, then they can be a contender. But from what they've been showing us recently, I have no reason to put them like up there with your, you know, phase Navi heroic outsiders. Well, probably mm. Navi. I don't okay. know if they're even there at this moment, but yeah. If, whenever you have simple, so, you're kind of there. So I think you that's, that's your top three at the moment, right? Phase Navi... Outsiders. Well, yeah. And heroic, I guess yeah, I'm well, in the heroic, conversation with the stand because of the yeah, stand. So that doesn't help yeah. them. But yeah, Navi, you put them. I put them more because of, like, they don't even deserve to really be there. I mean, that's that's just how how things are at the moment, right? I mean, even it's it's completely open in a way. Sure, outsiders played really good at the major, but also they didn't face some of these big names um, because they bombed out earlier phase. They were really, they looked much better at fall finals, but they couldn't take down Heroic, right? And Navi has been like lurking around, but couldn't really win some of the important series in the last couple of tournaments. So, so yeah, there, there's no clear favorites. I think you obviously put FaZe there first and then Outsiders. And then after that, it's like pretty wide open. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just weird on this like liquid one, right? Because I think that the potential that you, that at least I can see and Jason, I assume that you can see this as well of like that star rifle trio of of what Yakinda, Naf and Elise could offer if all of them are playing really well. Uh, and then it could be complemented by the the fact that OC 
you know, it, it feels like this kid has some promise. Yeah. It's are we going to, but that's the thing. Like that team, the, the constellation of stars is the three riflers and then OC, right? That's uh, even backed up in the stats of the matches they played. And then obviously Nitro's performance as well. So I don't know. I, I just, does the, does the Orpa need to be more impactful for them to work with what Yanko's saying? Or is, well, I don't know. My, my, don't my know. take on it is I think there's, there's three things that, that need to, need to, Go right for liquid. Did you do? Over. Sorry, Jason. Did you do their game yeah. versus heroic at the full finals? Did you cast the, that the, chance? The liquid heroic one? No. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. Um, yeah, I think there's there's three things for liquid that I think are, are kind of on my mind of of where if they want to become one of like the top three to five teams, if they want to be a team that we can reliably and consistently say is going to challenge for the trophy. I think one is I think OC's development and like he needs to take that next step at some point, And I would imagine it should be should be soon. Now, the nice thing for OC is there's no other fucking opera in North America that, that you can really talk about even even tempting the potential that he's got at the moment that you could see at this level. So he's got, he's got some time, but I think that change of OC being the third star rather than NAF uh, is probably a, an important one. I think to have an opera like OC be, be one of your main core players and fraggers that you rely on. Um, I think the second one is, is Nitro's position within the team. I'm, I'm with Yanko. I think there needs to be, we, we talked about this on one podcast, like Nitro just again is like having to reinvent his game. And I, I don't know if it's if he's going to be able to do it like a more experienced veteran player he's played all the spots he's played so many different roles over his career uh and he, and he kind of feels like um especially with how much it feels like yakinder is kind of taking over the team strategically or at least his philosophy is being instituted more and he's being more vocal um you kind of scratch your head and wonder if there's still a position for nitro um and obviously his his performance moving forward is going to be important to keep track of um i think the third one he only came back this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 done. No, I'm he's not, done I'm, good for for how short he's been back. It's just he's his performance has always kind of been even in the heydays of Liquid has kind of been like a, a, a talking point for the team. So, I, I think just his his transfer into different roles within the team is going to be is going to be really important for him to keep progressing. Yeah, I feel like the lifespan of this current iteration like feels longer because your kinder was not fully signed right and i imagine with him not being fully signed up until i think it was the second half of the year right uh that right there probably left a couple of questions for the team overall so if you look at the lifespan of this liquid they're probably a good couple of months into the project now and i i would imagine with nitro returning from valorant to csgo and stuff and now your kinder being signed this team you would I don't know, you'd want to give Nitro a year to get back into to shape, right? If you were liquid, right? Like, why would you... Was well, it, There's no better option at the moment, is there? Uh, I mean, uh, probably not as, like, a, an in-game leadership figure. Uh, the, I mean, this, the real sticky part about it is, I think, if you... Um, I think if you talk to those guys and, and certainly my experience when I stepped in as a coach, I think a lot of them would tell you one of the biggest mistakes they, they made during during the COVID era was was letting Nick go in the first place was even was even letting letting yeah. him leave the team and just from my experience within that team uh, he's such an important glue guy for for the roster i mean more so when when twist was still there um but certainly someone that everyone kind of respects and gets along with and and someone who knows these guys intimately from playing with them for so long especially him and a together on you know joining liquid at relatively the same time um so i mean he's he's kind of an important piece like for for outside the game stuff um, which which kind of makes that a, a second layer onto the onto the nitro I guess issue if you want to call it that, um, and then my, my th I'm not trying to be a yeah. dick here, Jason. Mm -hmm. 
and this isn't to you. This is this is more. I'm just sure. like his his stats though, right now. And this is using myself and knowing knowing how poor my fragging contributions were to the team. His stats in the last three months are the same as mine were in my career. Which like I know how poor I was with my fragging contribute. So I don't, you you can't be. A, a, you can't be like that in modern. Oh no, that's, that's that's the big worry is because like especially for for someone who again like changing roles, playing a few more anchor spots on the team, like needs to be able to 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 deliver when he's called upon. So there's been some obviously the bright spots of the last event, uh, the last couple events where he's had some really good like individual breakout maps here and there. He's never going to be a consistent star, but I mean just just keeping an eye on it mostly is it, I think it's just a matter of not being a liability is is what what needs mm. to be aimed for and at times it's felt like he has a you know sometimes been a liability but he'll i think he still has some some area to get better after his return from, from valor and obviously the team trusts him a lot and like him a lot so um he's good for now but that's just one one thing to to keep keep an eye on that's like kind of my second point i think my, my third one and this is a little bit more of having some some insider baseball into the team from and the players from when i was there um i think Elise needs to have more of a in my mind like more of a leadership role within the team more responsibility and accountability in terms of keeping you know the team emotion he needs to be one of those guys who's keeping the team emotionally on track right like that needs to be a responsibility that that he takes on because those those issues. So you think that needs to be a development? Yeah, like he needs to take the next step into not just being a star player, but he needs to be more of a leader, star player within the team. The way Nico is for his rosters, the way Simple was towards the end of last year, um, when you saw him conversing with the team, like that's that's the role that I envision Elise should be taking next. Is not just being this pure fragger star player, but needs to be someone who is you know an emotional anchor and an emotional rock for the team to keep them together rather than the conversation being like, look how frustrated Elijah is. Elijah's pissed. Look at the way things are going now. Like look at the way this emotional collapse is happening again. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of my, my number three thing. And that, that one might even be the most important in my mind. But again, that's, that's mm. just some, some insider baseball from, from my experiences. But he, also here's an interesting question because what you said, right. And we still look at it that way in game leader or just a weaker player, potentially, you know, you put him as an anchor on B Mirage or whatever, B Inferno, something along those lines. But when you look at it, it's like those are the positions where you're stressed more mechanically. No, as an as an anchor, right? Like you just have fewer options and you just kind of have to deal with the hit as it comes in. And probably, you know, if we're talking about Mirage specifically, have to <clears throat> take some aim jewels, right? Because... People also like to creep out apps, creep out RAM while they're putting uh -huh. pressure mid, right? So is it maybe better to have some of those players in like a more of a rotator role, right? Where they can use their game sense, so to speak, to like pick fights better or position themselves uh, better in terms of getting a read on what the opponents are trying to do? Yeah, I think in theory, I think the problem that Liquid has with that is a little bit of I don't want to say like roll overlap, but like that's that's like Naf's bread and butter. That's like what he's like just so intuitively good at is being that rotating player, being that support player and just kind of always understanding like Naf is just so good at arriving at the perfect moment to have impact to stop a bomb site from being lost. And I'll say, I mean, too. I think I think I noticed it on Vertigo. I think they switched up. Like Nitro, when he came back, was anchoring the B bomb site. I think they've put Naf back to anchoring the B bomb site and given Nitro more of that like middle rotation support B position. 
So I think they're kind of messing around with some of those ideas, specifically on maps where Nitro might not feel comfortable being being the anchor on. Um, but I mean, just to your point, NAF is just such a stellar all-star rotational player on, on the defensive sides of, of pretty much every map like you think of him on like an overpass being the guy who kind of leaves the b bomb site to creep up towards a like he just has such a good feel for it um so I, I mean i think that would be that's that certainly is a potential answer to to that problem um but then it, it i mean it, like anything else it's going to create a new problem elsewhere where all of a sudden you've taken this high impact player out of that role in NAF that has given him so much impact and he's really built his career on yeah, I also think, mm. you know, just in general, like not, you know, for Liquid, sure, but uh, because also we saw it in Astralis that Glaive, you know, started playing worse because he had to take some of those anchor roles. He had Config and Blame be the rotators or some of those guys who, who took some of those spots, right? And you could see how he was struggling more because just he doesn't have really the mechanics to take aim duels with, you know, fucking, I don't know, Patsy and Bit and whoever else, right? Whereas... Just like you pointed out with Nav, that would be something that, that Glaive was really good for. So I think maybe some teams, obviously Astralis, similar to Liquid, they would probably lose more than they would gain by making that uh, role, role change or position change within the team. But I, I think people are realizing that even if your player is weaker mechanically, like an in-game leader, but he's a very smart player, that probably you still need to keep him in some of those spots so that overall, your side is stronger that way. And it also depends on the map, right? On overpass, there's no reason for him to not play rotator because the more stressed positions yep. are obviously the, the side holders. Mirage is a little bit more different, right? Inferno as well can always be the guy that's going back and forth and throwing utility most of the time and being more of a supporter. But yeah, on, on Vertigo, you can't really put them to play B because there's so much pressure on like creeping upstairs and taking aim fights and that you really need, you really want someone who's stronger mechanically to play that spot. Yeah, yeah, I, that's... I, I, I think, I think too, Liquid have the extra issue if you if we take a step back from, from the pure Counter-Strike angle too, like they, they need to find some way to get over this like european hangover that they have because i mean they don't they don't really i mean w having yakinder as a european in the lineup like i don't think they see any value in like flying yakinder over to practice in na for like i don't know one like five to ten days before they return to europe between events you know so i mean it's been like a the second half of the year i feel like every time we talk to liquid going into an event this might be a little bit of an exaggeration, maybe not every single time, but it always feels like the conversation is, yeah, like we're, we're shaking some rust loose during the boot camp and like we're still kind of playing ourselves back into shape. So every time there's that, there, there's that little hangover. That, I mean, that's a real issue for, for Team Liquid, you know, and not to get too much into into the kind of, I don't know, the regional dispute that we've fallen into, not even to go there. But I mean, that's something that they have to find a way to to minimize that that like hangover of coming back to a european event after taking 10 days off or two weeks off and everyone going home to na where you where you can't practice because you have a european player and you also don't value the practice in north america can i can i ask a question so that this is not an objection to because we've obviously had this conversation yeah. many a time and we understand our standpoint so this is a this is one trying to take a bit of a wider viewpoint on it with this um European hangover as you framed it how much of a limiting factor do you believe that is to them being 
the best team in the world, right? Because if we think that this roster, right, has the potential to be a top three team if they get all their, their shit in order, right, or they get their players performing as they should, this, what we're talking about here, is still going to always be a limiting factor. So do they go hand in hand? Like the the issues we've highlighted with Liquid, are they going hand in hand with the issues that you're mentioning now with these limiting factors of, of the hangover? Like are they are they complementing each other in a negative way? I guess that would not be complimenting each other, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Are they enabling Are they enabling each other to, to exist? Like, is the reason Elige is not a leader figure and, and still, you know, gets a bit tilty because of this hangover? Is this just like, they, they have these things they separately have to fix and then they also have this problem they also have to fix and this is limiting them from being a top team by this much. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to get a measurement on how much you think this is holding them back. Uh, For me, from the outside, I would say that's like, I think there's probably plenty of issues Liquid can fix, but like before, I mean, that that one's, that's probably like the last five to 10%, right? Like, I think there's plenty of other things that they can focus on um, that, that could, that could bring them up a level or two. Uh, and that that kind of European hangover thing to me is like the last five or ten percent. But I mean, in reality, it's it's kind of hard to judge because it, it's mostly about the mentality of the players, right? It's how much do they perceive it to be an issue? It's how much do they perceive these these breaks where they don't go home to practice and they sit at home with no value in, in NA playing in NA? And if they think it's an issue, <laughs> then it then it's a much more massive massive issue than than just the last five or ten percent. So I think it's a lot about the mindset. And I think the worrying thing is. Because we get that so much in interviews with them, I think it indicates within the team and within individual players that that does seem to be a big issue to them, which probably causes it to be a bigger disparity. Mm. And yeah, okay. Well, yeah, and I, I don't think anyone knows a clean answer. Like, I know last time I spoke to them, like, they went home and, like, the probably they were telling... I think one of the one of them was telling me, like, some of the best practice they got was uh, that Semphis' team, like, nouns or whatever. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in, and I mean, so, let, let's yeah, be fair. Well, fair enough. That's I guess not, that's not any kind of meaningful practice to be excited about. No, I get, I get what you're saying here, right? In, in terms of it, is it, if it's also always a talking point, then that's something that they're carrying around like mentally here and and, and whatnot. And I was actually reading. Um, this is kind of linking the two together. I was reading this Hunter interview that came out uh, today on HLTV just before the the World Finals. And there's something in here. They were having a bit of a conversation about, uh, do you think, here we go, looking at uh, past years before COVID, the second half of the year was packed with events. This year, it was a long pro league, the major and its qualifiers and two blast events. There's not uh, that much to, to play or travel to. Do you think that harms teams that make changes in the summer and are not able to play enough, especially those not going deep into tournaments? Uh, and Hunter goes on to say, I fully agree with you. That affects... Uh, a lot as you said people that made changes like us we changed two players an in-game leader so we need experience playing officials we practice a lot but it's not the same feeling playing practice and playing the official games a couple of days ago we said that uh, we needed to play more online events whatever they are because you improve the best when you play officials and when you're at events it doesn't matter if it's land online but we need more events and it goes on if people want to read that it's at HLTV but I was kind of linking those two together so you're obviously talking a bit more from the pack the practice perspective but it's also the same they can't like just sign up in a CCT fucking cup or a pinnacle cup or this or that right they don't even have those options in, in they got North cash America cups to be able to do that yeah, true. But the same <laughs> thing with the, the limited competition, yeah, yeah. because we talk about this like tier three, tier two online thing being a fucking gauntlet because everybody's yeah. fucking nuts with their aim or they have really good strats or whatever. So the top teams could get tested by this. And this is what a team like G2 
have trouble with those type of teams. Well, if they were playing in more online tournaments, I don't know what the results would look like, but at least they they might get more reps in against those type of playstyles that they're not expecting and have a have a uh, a larger breadth of uh, of competition to to decide how they want to react and act because that is that is a factor. But I don't know. I don't know. Like we're still trying to find out the balance right now, right? Like well, so, if you're a partner team, yeah. Well, yeah. I was gonna say just to address that that hunter or the hunter interview that, that you just mentioned, isn't that kind of what this change of the player break next year is trying to solve? Is you shift the player break a month earlier, or the player break a month earlier, and that gives room to like spread the events out a little bit more evenly between the first half and the second half of the year. But also, they they didn't qualify for the major, True. right? So like that's on that's on them, and like he goes on to talk about that in the in the thing. Uh, them not going deep in tournaments means that they're not getting a whole lot of maps in. They, these are all choices and stuff. There, there are options here, and that's kind of where the, where the question's at. And I know what you're talking about with the player break, but this year we would have also had IEM winter, yeah. which I think was, was scheduled you know, between Abu Dhabi because and of the RMRs yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so we, we could have had one more event there. And this is where, like, there, there are obviously weeks for events. Normally, this time of year, it would be packed. We'd do like a dream hack, we'd do like an Asian yeah. event into like a fucking dream hack. Uh, event in Yonshaping and then we'd have the Pro League finals, right? And then you'd get the time off for Christmas. It's this time it's not as, as densely packed as it was before COVID. And that's because we don't have as many people running events as we did before. And there is space in the calendar. Like I can see but the space. We're, we've been existing just in complain. the space. The complain about something no matter what. If they didn't have as much time off, they would complain, oh, we don't have any time to practice and refresh our playbook because we're just playing officials all the time. It's like... That's a good. You point. know, you can't have it. You can't have it both ways, right? Like I agree. Of course, officials are important, but also your practice is important in a sense of you need to set it up in a way and practice in a way where, yeah, the, it's yeah, like the, and, and the biggest problem is the yeah. opponents, right? Maybe your opponents are not playing as serious as you are, and they're going for some moves that you know are right unrealistic if you were playing in an official game against each other, especially on a LAN game or a playoff game or whatever. But you just need to, that's fine. Like, if I'm playing a game and, you know, we're 5v4 in practice and we lose because some guys, a couple of guys did some crazy plays on the side and pushed and we lost the, the round, I'm going to be like, yes, this is annoying, guys, but this is not realistic. So it's fine. Like, whatever opener we try to do and it worked and we got the opening kill, that's okay. Like, we think that this can be a good move. You, you know, you take note of that. You write it down if you're the coach or the in-game leader or whatever and you move on like it doesn't it doesn't matter necessarily right whether you win or lose in a scrim depending on what you're trying to do if your scrim is today you know we used to have or we would have some days like probably at the boot camp before a tournament this day we our goal is to win every single fucking scrim 30-0 if we can right because you're trying yeah. to get into that competitive uh, mode and then it is important if you win or lose in a sense but sometimes you're just trying new st strategies like you're trying to play in a certain way which you know you're struggling with like let's say you're struggling to play slow so you're forcing like this slow style even though it necessarily isn't the best call in a round and you know the point is like even though your opponents might not playing be playing in that way you need to be aware of that and know that you know the reaction will be a little bit different in the next uh, situation right so I don't think there's a perfect balance. You're always going to feel when you lose that you could have benefited from either more practice or more official games. But I think the way you set up your game and set up your practice is really important and it can 
diminish the that feeling and diminish the the effect of you know not having as much time or having too much time and if i had to pick between the two i would probably say it's worse to not play for a long time than to play consecutive tournaments yeah. because when you're in tournament mode right it's also you know people are you know hype a little bit you're competing like you you know you're putting in all the work that you can like you're working overtime basically to figure stuff out and as long as it doesn't get too insane where you're like going to three four tournaments in a row and not going home and changing continents and time zones like that can become a little bit too much where you don't even know where you are when you wake up right like so but yeah i think there's always going to be those sort of excuses or reasons and i don't think like there's if anything there's too few events for teams not for the viewers because you look at pro league if you play the first group of pro league and you don't make the playoffs yeah. that's four weeks extra where you don't have any officials that's a full yep. month you, you can know. give the players a week off to go somewhere right and take some time off and then come back and practice online for two weeks and boot camp for a week before your next tournament or probably it's not even four weeks it's five because rarely are you going to have something right the next week unless it's like drmr for real but yeah 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 but you're, you're making a good point right like in the in the sense that like the events overall we this is we've had this conversation a couple of years ago and it was the, the the line from the players was there's too many events you know where we're burnt out it's just from event to event we need some breaks we need some more time to be able to practice you've already mentioned that but now we're getting that and with that it doesn't they i don't know maybe they're still working out how to utilize that time properly and I think the thing is when you're in these partnered events, you assume that you're going to be at all of them, right? That's kind of the way this works. So your calendar is packed with all the blast events and all the ESL events for the year. And the assumption is that we're going to most likely be in all of them. Okay. Maybe we don't do the showdown or maybe we miss IEM Dallas or whatever. Right. But you, you're going to plan all. And then when you don't, and we don't qualify for the major, you have these massive voids. And we've had this discussion a lot of times, like looking for what is the right amount of tournaments in a year? What is the right amount of maps, you know, a team should be playing in a year or right. There's a lot of these, obviously these factors need to have a bit of give or take if you're winning or if you're losing, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of these things that we're kind of all exploring together. So we, we never are going to know what the magic number is. We're never going to be able to sit and pinpoint it. And we're always going to be living in that moment. And people are going to be reacting to how the things are appropriate for them in that moment. I'm sure a team like, I don't know, Liquid are like, no, nah, we still fucking travel a shitload. And there's still heaps of travel, even though I would imagine travel compared to what they did previously is a lot less um, in terms of the amount of little trips. But they're probably still making trips over to Europe and doing well, lengthy camps. I really, so don't, still away I really from home. don't care because you want to be the best in the world. Yeah, right now in Counter Strike, it means you have to spend time in Europe not only to compete but probably to practice as well, right? And you're getting paid handsomely to do that. Like, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's certainly a hell of a lot easier than probably 98% of other things that's happening. And I think Liquid might be traveling be more now because before we had more events in NA. So some of these big events, you know, they didn't have to travel as much and they could spend more time there to practice. But just this whole conversation is always like that. It's old. It's like hard or whatever. It's, it's just so tiresome, man. It's like, you know, you're in a competition. You're trying. Do you ever hear like, I don't know, Formula One drivers like complain or like talk about, oh, the circuit is too difficult. There's like we have to travel always to a different place. It's like, no, because 
that's how it is. If anything, they've been complaining recently about there being more races added all the time. So that's like a different thing that's sort of understandable. But it's, you know, it's, it's something that comes with the territory. And I think it's a small price to pay for all the benefits that you can gain from, you know, competing professionally in Counter-Strike and being like a tier one team. But I, I th- but I think my point was more so it's just kind of like everywhere it's the same. People are never happy with the situation they're in. Like there is no there is no perfect solution for anybody. Like the Hunter situation talking about needing more officials, right? Well, we give you more events and then you're going to say you're away from home for too long, right? I'm not saying Hunter specifically. I'm just saying, you know, this, this is discourse we've heard over the years, right? So no matter how we change the grass on the other side of that fence, it always looks greener and then we get there and then there's something, you know, oh, we want more of this, we want more of that. Like talking about going and playing online tournaments, that could be exponentially more demoralizing if you go and get the auto invite to one of these tournaments into a quarterfinal and you lose in the quarterfinal of an online event and and you just get fucking bodied and then you have to go into a land event and you just got smashed by, I don't fucking know, uh, Yeah, but uh, you even had like, Astralis was the first thing to start skipping tournaments, right? And that was at the time where... They weren't even the best team in the world. That was in 2017. They kind of started that off with, with skipping Cologne to play in Krakow. The two best teams in the world were SK, the Brazilians, and FaZe. They were, they were competing for the number one spot, really. And SK, notoriously, not only did they not skip tournaments, they would play like lower-tier tournaments almost as sort of a warm-up into their season because at the time they believed you know, they didn't want too much time to practice also because they were in NA and they were the best team in the world and they felt they're not gaining much from practice there. So they would just play more competitive games. Like they would play more officials. I remember they played this like smaller tournament in Lisbon or they would play maybe an online tournament or they would go and play the Summit, right? Which wasn't really for like the, the world's best team just so that they get more reps in. And that's a legit approach, right? Probably fewer teams would go mm. for it nowadays. But if you're saying you, you want more officials and you're practicing things through reps, that's a legitimate way to approach it, right? And then you just go and do it. Play the Snow Sweet Snows and whatever these online cups are and, you know, win or lose, you're fine with that and you just keep going. Arguably, Cloud9, when they were Gambit, initially they had a lot of success and they were still playing these lower tier cups because they were Did already signed up for yeah. them. And, you know, maybe that's something they should consider going back to. Maybe that's for them a, a better way to approach practicing and, and competing. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of different thoughts on this. And, and again, we're kind of experiencing this live and everybody's trying to figure it out as, as we're, we're bumbling through it. Um, with with the G2, as we started the podcast, Hooksy uh, put out a tweet. Uh, he traveled to Abu Dhabi yesterday uh, and... When he got in, his his father had passed away. So um, the condolences to to uh, Hooksy. So it's obviously we know that that's going to be a very uh, rough event for him. But yeah. in in the tweet longer, he has gone on to say that uh, he has decided to stay and play the tournament since that's what his family wants him to do, and uh, hope it creates some kind of distraction for him. So um, yeah, that's just come out. So that's that's some pretty recent news. Uh, but when we were talking about G two and we're talking about uh, uh, the the world finals i guess this is going to add a a, a a big part to the event so this is uh yeah never one of the fun times and just yeah hope yeah you know. this heart there's nothing to really say it's, it's heartbreaking uh, and um, yeah, yeah. We, we've it's not the not the first time we've seen players have to deal with that obviously the big one is Cato 19 with, with dupree and with flusher um but yeah i can't i can't even imagine 
I can't even imagine having to uh, yeah, have that I just, uh, Well, I just wanted I to... I mean, an awful situation to be in. Um, sure, like, you know, trying to use the game as a dis distraction is more or less the only thing you can do in a situation like this. And I'm sure the rest of the players, you know, the whole org is going to, you know, help him out in every way that they can and, and be there to support him. But it's just, uh, you know, an awful situation. So thoughts with him and hopefully the game can help him like take his mind off of things at least a little bit yeah so sorry we cut you off there jason by the way your mic uh your mic on our end is uh doing a little skippy thing so we we, we both we both thought you were no done. i got the i got the player player wi-fi players sucking all the bandwidth out yeah. of it yeah well fair enough you know they've they've got uh well that's the thing right there we, we were talking about this before we went live it's not easy for them to over there, you just have the prac PCs and you're going to have to, you know, warm up or just play against your teammates or do some aim apps and stuff. I don't imagine there's too many, too many available servers and stuff out there to be playing uh, quality counter. No, I, I did a podcast with Justin earlier today and he was just telling me there's only like, they only have like two deathmatch servers here. They don't, they, 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 there's obviously like no, no real teams. They probably feel there's value to, to scrim against and yeah, they don't have access to some of that. So, I mean, it's only it's only one day at least. It's not like we're one day before the tournament starts. It's not like we're we're gonna sure. be uh, some extended extended time here. But yeah, that's a that's a change for them for sure. It, yeah, like normally with these environments, that you you can prac other teams. I guess I don't know. Would you prac other teams well, at the event? Here's the I guess thing, you this, wouldn't. You this can is face what everybody. I was say well, uh, maybe in teams, a sixteen team tournament you could. Not in like an eighteen tournament. I don't think. Yeah, probably not in an eighteen tournament, but also some teams just in general, if you're playing the later games, they like to have a warm up map. Warm up like scrim. like yeah. a warm up scrim, just mostly for the comms or something like that, right? It doesn't matter. Just doing it maybe maybe you wanna play a map that you know they're going to pick against you that you haven't played um in a while. So it might, you know, be I don't want to say hurt, that would be like too strong of a term, but it would probably be a little bit annoying for some of the teams who are used to you know, having that sort of a routine on game day, not being able to, you know, scrim someone, anyone. I don't know if, you know, they could even, how big the ping would be for them to Europe where it doesn't even matter that it's, if it's a hundred ping, it's fine as long as they can, you know, just have any sort of running around type of a practice. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, last event of the year and now there's everybody with a little bit of, uh, as we spoke about at the start of this episode and, and the last episode we did as well, talking about what different teams have, have on the line here for this event. I think it it probably shouldn't make too much of a difference for, for a lot of them. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be all good, especially with how it almost feels like for some of these teams, they're doing like camps before a fight if it was like ufc you know they'll take a bit of downtime when they know they can even if it's like mid-season or whatever and then a couple of weeks out they'll start going a bit more hardcore with the prac right and bring more boot camps in and that kind of stuff i think navi do a lot of boot camps that's more out of necessity than it is from anything else right but they're they always seem like they take a break after an event when they can and then there's like a boot camp posted on like simple instagram or some shit a couple of weeks out before the event it's curious to see how all of this is is developing um i wanted to segue and talk seriously for a moment about um og and then we then, I, then i'm happy to, to move on from the, the blast conversation because i think we, we did most yeah we of covered it. all the we can segue yeah. somewhere else we can talk about the new valve uh rules mm. for the major handbook that, that came out last night but og as a team right uh the, the the conversation obviously we've had about the format and how it's 
how it's uh, heavily assisted in them being here and maybe they shouldn't be here when the World Finals is meant to be in blast circuit, the culmination of the best eight teams of the year. Uh, you could make a bit of an argument for G2, maybe Liquid the same, right? Uh, but OG are the, the big one. They're the ones sticking out like a bit of a sore thumb. What is it about OG that, that you know, this team isn't functioning as it should? Because we know earlier in the year, Mantu had to sit out an event. Then Dexter comes in as a stand-in after he had departed Spirit. And then he end, they end up getting Dexter full-time. And then OG just seems a bit, it's hit and miss. Like they'll win a game against like a, a established team. And they'll do well in the blast groups, right? Which is where they did their best work. But then everywhere else, like they'll go to Australia to play an event and they'll lose to Wings Up or whoever it was, right? It, it seems a bit hit and miss when you have someone as experienced as a Nexa, right? He's he's very experienced by today's standards, I would say, right? Or well, he's decently experienced by today's standards. You've got Dexter, who's this um, Orpo that can control the game. You've got Flames, Neofrag, and Fiku. And now, I guess, is, is that where the issue is? The three star riflers are a, a bit young i think my problem is i think you just framed it the wrong way i think this og team okay. is playing exactly as they should like you know, okay all like right this is i think between neofrag flames fiku you have young and inexperienced players who are supposed to be like your kind of core star riflers coming in um, and they are exactly that, young and inexperienced. Uh, Dexter has a new opera coming in, but Nexa as an in-game leader is an in-game leader who even flat out said when he took over the reins of OG is like, I'm, I'm not going to be a strategic strategic in-game leader. I, this team, he's like, I, I want just everyone to be fragging. And it is kind of like mm. that, I, I don't know if I want to call it like a throwback, but it is a little bit of like a, like think back to the days of just like really talented individual teams that don't seem to have like a, cohesive strategic element to them that makes it feel like a team so you're going to get these kind of streaky performances where they have good runs and they go a little bit nuts and all the players are fragging really hard and things are going well and then when that's not happening you're going to have obviously it's going to look a little bit ugly and it's not going to be you know they're not going to have the great clean stage games that take them deep into tournaments and everything like that so i think i think this is just og I think until until okay. until some of these guys maybe get a little bit more experience or until Nexa decides to kind of shift to a more strategic mindset around around the leadership and how he wants this team to play, I think you're going to get this because, I mean, Dexter as an opera is even one of those operas that kind of just flies off the rails when he gets going, you know? like So I think this is just OG. I think it's exactly what we should right. expect out of them, to be honest with you. Fair In enough. Mind. Yeah, okay. I Acceptance. Think, I think I, like I said it. this the last time as well. I hate them for their results because i don't know where to really place them like you go back to the well even if you want to go to the rmr right like they beat outsiders in the rmr for example and then they lose to heroic in the placement game where they could have actually won and that made them go to the challenger stage instead to the legend stage then in the challenger yeah. stage you know they play two shit teams in greyhound and irc in between that, they have losses 16-13 to Fnatic, 19-16 to Furia, both teams who made it um, into the playoffs, right? And then against Vitality, they lose 2-1, losing the first map in yeah. overtime that you feel like they probably should have won, right? So it's like a, yes, some yep. close losses. Some, some, some of it was their fault. Some of it maybe not as much, right? Then they go to Blast Finals, and they're just dog shit. They get completely stomped by phase and you know lose 2-0 to nip then online they lose pretty you know easily to Havu. 
another 2-0, which is like, that's now a string of three series, three best of threes where they haven't won a map even. And that's now really, really concerning, which is why you really don't put a lot of faith in them in this tournament, which is probably why they're going to surprise and have a good result. I think maybe their problem is as well, you look at Neofrag and Fico, and I don't think there's doubt that they're talented, but this is also their first, you know, English-speaking team. Uh, I, I know for Neofrag, I not I guess for Fico as well, right? So probably there's some communication issues in there, like they they had to adjust to speaking in English and whatnot, which didn't help their situation. Just a lot of inexperience, really, outside of Nexa. Flames maybe to an extent, but he came during the online era, so he doesn't have much LAN experience, and then... You have Dexter mm. as sort of a guy who can take over games, but also takes up a lot of space. So I think there's a lot of small issues that have sort of piled up for OG. I don't think there's anything like big that you can point to and say, oh, yeah, if they changed this one or if they worked on this one big thing and made it better, they would suddenly turn into a contender. I think it's like a lot of these details, small things. You know, they're one of the younger teams as well, I get the feeling that on the HLTV page, I have it open, so they're 21 and a half, 21.5. So, you know, that's pretty young in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, the, the question is, obviously, this last tournament won't, you know, if they, I don't think there's a chance in hell they win it. But even if they had a good run, you know, that's not going to suddenly uh, make me say, oh, is a contender. And also, if they bomb out, and, you know, go out in last place. Sure, it's going to be a disappointing, really, last stretch of the year. But I'm not going to say that because of that, they need to change the roster, right? Like, I would probably sure. give it one more season. But that's when I would make my call on Fico, on Neofrag, you know, Flames even. Like, basically everyone on that team who I believe can be there for the long run and who just doesn't really make the cut. Hmm. I remember when this Dexter change happened earlier in the year, I remember making a tweet about it, like being really excited by the players in the in the server because we had seen uh, Neofrag and Sinners obviously be, a, you know, a really strong rifler. We'd seen Fiku a little bit earlier in the year with Ago, I think it was, at Pro League, and he had some really nice moments. And just with the way that they like to approach the game, it felt like in the thick of things, a bit brawly in your face. But when you're up against the the best names in the world consistently, like they, they can shoot just as hard. And I think that's, that's one of the things. Like this excitement having all of these parts that like to roam and fight, like Flames is the same, Dex is obviously hyper-aggressive, Nex has always been an aggressive styling game leader. Like having these parts, it it it, uh, it it ruminates, is that what I'm going for here, Jay? With, with what you were saying, yeah. Jason, about, yeah, that this is, we're getting what we should, right, with this team. And, and yeah, in in summary, yeah, I, I guess you're bang on there. And I, I it's curious to see if they're able to continue to brute force with this style or if there will have to be a change in, in approach and what that'll I mean. I guess the question becomes like, when do you, at what point do you say we can, like at what point do we no longer say Fiku and Neofrag and Flames are, are experienced? Like at what point do we stop saying they're inexperienced? Because that'll be the question is, True. is, is, when those guys get enough experience at this level and because i think definitely the inexperience hurts them in the current meta against teams like outsiders and like heroic and, and navi who at times like to slow things down and and spread the map and attack you at multiple locations that's where like that hyper aggressive like pure individual fragging style is is sometimes going to struggle is when you're when when the inexperience like really kind of throws them for a loop on how to shift the defense or move around the map properly 
I think that's where you probably see the most results of, or the most issues with that inexperience. So the question just becomes, at what point do we say, okay, now they've had enough time, now they've had enough experience, and this is where we should see progress if there's ever going to be it. It, w- it would be like right now, you know, like mm. that's, and, and everyone yeah. I think is going to have a different feel for that. Um, for me, it's not there yet. Um, but um, yeah, we'll see. I guess because Neil Frag and Fiku think, joined right before Dallas. I think right ago. before Dallas. Yeah, it hasn't been yeah. that long, really. It's been a pretty short period of time. I think the thing is, we're talking about the experience and stuff. I don't think they even try and qualify for Pro League. So they miss like five land best of threes by not being Which is so part of Pro League, right? Why are you like, because not at the moment, trying to qualify for it? I'm looking at the... I'm looking at the teams who are qualified to the conference right now. So at the moment for season 17 conference, you got Falcons, Payne, Rare Adder, Movistar Riders, Imperial, Outsiders. Well, I, nine, think they're, well, I think they're actually There's trying to qualify for the conference through. That's why they played the Melbourne tournament, right? I feel like if they want, if you win one of those um, DreamHack yeah. Challenger events, you get a spot at the conference. That's why Imperial <laughs> have a have a spot. Yeah, okay. Imperial have a spot because of ESO Challenger in Melbourne. And I mean, I guess I guess this would also... Didn't I mean, they lose I, that I, in the final to someone? Yeah, I think they lost to Payne, but I think Payne had already uh, okay. qualified from something else. And I, I'm assuming yeah. that would be the only, like, realistic way for them for them to qualify OG, right? Because they, they... Well, they could play in this online thing. I'll link it right here. So there's this here <laughs> that Spirit and Sprout and Endpoint and stuff like that, Fours are in here, are playing in right now. Um, it's ESL Challenger League season 43 and the winner of that gets a spot of the ESL Pro League season 17 conference. So I would imagine Spirit are the, the hard favorites for this, but there's some, yeah, there's some other names in here that, that I mean, I don't, tickle I like people's the... pickles. There's... Go ahead, Jason. I was I, I don't know what the format would be for an event like this. Is it just like a one-day event? Because I would assume this is where you go back it, to the schedule and say if they have to qualify through like a league format thing, would they even have the time traveling to other events oh, yeah it, exactly exactly but that that's that's part of the problem right like maybe it doesn't sync up maybe there's there's overlaps with that but the, the ways to get in i'm yep. just trying to look at them now to see which would be the best ways in for them and, and yanko pointing out the esl challenger thing is is very astute right that's how outsiders got in they had the esl challenger rotterdam victory movia are there because of the esl challenger valencia victory so yeah, there are ways, and there's a real diverse bunch well, of teams. And this here. is also where you, you go circle back to the fact that they lost to Wings Up at Challenger in Melbourne, where you're just like, oh. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. That, that would have given them a spot. And I like that. I just want to point out, I like the conference thing, because there's a lot of regions that represent. There's even like, you know, a team with Emmy, uh, Partizan. Partizan is actually yeah. you know, a massive sports org uh, in Serbia. So they were like built an esports division, and there was a, an Adriatic League um there's like ex the yugoslavian countries basically so they won that and got a spot there there's one for you know like france spain uh also anz has two teams benelux like there's all these like countries or smaller regions that also get spots at least in the chat in the conference which then hands out spots for pro league right so there's league, really yeah. a lot of different yeah. regions and smaller regions get a chance to at least be at the conference, right? And if anything, get some experience and try to to grab a spot, which is, I think we also see that from Pro League, like from season to season, these teams that come through the conference are almost every time it's someone else. Yeah. 
I think I think uh, it's kind of cool though that we do get this uh, diversity and we get to see some old names too. Like Falcons has Kenny MVK over there, right? You look at obviously Imperial in the mix. We get Zero Zero Nation. I think it's really cool right, in terms of the older names, but we also bring the newer names. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna have our favorites there, aren't we? But we get to see some newer names as well and see what the different regions are up to. Like for example, from Australia, Greyhound qualified sure, but Encore or Vertex didn't, which are like the next two in line. A team called Rooster did. Um, so they're going to be exciting to see like those guys in action. There's still like slots for Asia and stuff, but I don't know how we got from I know, oh we got from OG to here. That's how we got there. Now we're talking about fucking next season of Pro League. Hell yeah, which we've been talking about an awful lot. Um, all right, we kind of are you guys happy with the? You guys have anything else you want to say about uh, the Abu Dhabi Blast uh, World Finals? Anything else we want to slide in? No, there? I mean, yeah, good? I think I think we've I think we covered all between between OG and Liquid today in last week's episode. I I think this this is a yeah. cool event. I think there's a lot of really cool matches to start things out. Yeah, I I'm excited to start watching tomorrow. We're gonna be up at uh, like seven a.m. or some shit for the Outsiders Liquid game. But fuck yeah. it, may as well. I leave for Australia like two days I'm, later. I'm so surprised. I'm, as much I'm surprised they put Liquid first. Yeah, well, what would the time be at 7 a.m. here? It's, uh, What's the time in the States right it now? It's 1 a.m. Eastern. I guess maybe it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say. Pacific. It, it'll get the late, it'll get like mid midnight viewers. Well, not midnight viewers, but middle of the night viewers. Um, so, yeah, and I guess Navi yeah, Vitality have work. better viewership draw for the, uh, for the headliner position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Sense. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you able to say? Are they gonna? I don't. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know I don't if know. I can yet. Um, I'm gonna play it. Okay. Play it safe with that one. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, we won't go further than that. I'm glad you could read my mind. Um, all right. Well, as I mentioned, there was uh, this change that came out last night uh, to the major rulebook, Volvo's major rulebook. And it received an update where there were a couple of uh, changes made. One of them being a big one, where the APAC region is going to have a minimum of eight teams now at the at the RMR, uh, which is which is cool. I know that we've discussed that before. It's been a bit of a talking point. Um, but there's some other there's some other like tidbits in there in terms of like the way that it's going to work for the European RMRs, ways that you qualify for the RMRs. We we know in the last thing they put out, the last update they put out when Anubis came, they there was some kind of assumption that i had made and i know a lot of people have made about a ranking i think there's a few more um kind of clues and hints that something like that will be coming um there were invitations to the closed qualifiers were decided by an official regional standing which will be determined by the team's performance at both valve sanctioned and third-party tournaments valve has not yet revealed details about the new ranking system so i assume that the ranking system uh is still something to, to come and it's going to be interesting to see how the ranking system is weighted and uh, how, how they've curated that. So that's the the next thing to come out from Valve, I imagine. It's uh, probably the most worrying one as well. Are you worried about that? Uh, uh, a little bit. I'm just, I'm not, I don't know if worried's the right word, but I'm curious to see how they're going to do it because they are like notoriously not super involved in the esports side. Do you think they would have had somebody uh, consult on this? I would imagine they would have had to. Yeah, I don't think that they they would have just done it on their lonesome, right? I think that they would have definitely uh, maybe gone to some people around the around the community, but I suppose it depends on who those people are. There's a few people I could think would be very qualified. For example, somebody like Peta from HLTV sure. would be yeah. somebody who like, I, and I and I I think 
like he is someone he doesn't tweet a lot Petter, right he, he he but he's a guy who just he lives and breathes counter strike so you, he would probably be he he would be like if i was listing someone who's like a counter strike expert in terms of like all of that and the stats database and the nitty and the gritty he's like he's someone who doesn't make a big profile about himself but he's he's yeah he's great at the top yep, of the list sure. right like it's um so maybe they consulted with somebody like that but yeah, I I, like, I just I think that would that concern. would be the, that would be that's the area where I see the biggest potential stumbling block for this would be yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it could fuck everything yeah. up, right? If it's a bad ranking, then it's gonna it's gonna cause more issues, right? So it needs to be something that is at least based in reality. But I think that's some of the things that people need to start taking into mind, right? Is and we've had a lot of conversations about this over the last couple of weeks is about like the teams that you will be watching in partner style events and people are happy with that or not happy with that or whatever. Right. But in the way that the, in the way that valve have always functioned and the way that I assume they're going to continue to function is going to be, this is going to be merit based. Right. And that, so like I have a hard time living in a reality where the way that they do merit based stuff is, is with, with handout events, right. Or is stuff that, you know, you could call an exhibition event. I just have a hard time seeing how, how or why valve would weight those events but um, high when they understand what's going on. The thing is also there. like you look at the HLTV's ranking, right. And I think we can all agree it's pretty good, right. Like you, if you look at the ranking right now, sure. Like you have a team like G2, who is number 12, right? And then the NIP in 13, and in 14, you would probably argue that these teams are not, shouldn't be as low, right? Maybe, I don't know, but it's like, maybe but that's, you could, but that's you could mostly, have an argument, but that's but what mostly have they done because to... of the names and you have the name factor and yeah. realistically the results haven't been as good. So I don't think the problem is like in the top 20 or top 30, even anything like that. I, I think you run into some issues when you go like when you need to, these teams because for the major right you need to go way wider than that and then between you know 40 50 whatever it is like when there's just one point can make all the difference or three points can make all the difference right is like do you how do you rate those points how do you create that system where let's say you can't gain the system if you've not even like you don't play some of the bigger tournaments instead you just mass some of these smaller online tournaments right and let's say you just make the playoffs or make top four every time let's say you're a team like big whatever and you decide to do that over playing some of the dream hack challengers i don't know because you realize the competition is weaker and even if you don't win them you get like enough points to in that ranking secure yourself let's say a spot for the close qualifier for the rmr or something like that yeah, you think that mm. could be a problem potentially? I do. I, I potentially. I mean, I think again, it's like look at all the different ways. I mean, just look at the issue that Blast is having with with their their ranking system and their point system with OG qualifying off the back of like two incredible group stages to to the World Finals. And I mean, I bet if we went back into the history as well, I know I can not remember specific controversies, but ESLs had to go through their same things of, of their systems that they've had for qualification over the years, whether it's point-based, whether it's qualifying through events, and they've had to retool a number of times. So I would I would imagine that this ranking system that Valve comes out with is going to have to be tweaked in it, and I, I could very much see it causing some weird, funky situation for the first major so that, it's, that it's utilized. I'm not only bringing up a potential problem, I'm actually coming with a solution as well <laughs> new Ooh. new era wow so i have this right so you Here use the ranking right like let's say the close qualifier right i think there you can pretty much 
see the team, you know, teams are going to come there through the ranking, right? But that's going to be names like, you know, G2 and some of the Astralis and some of these big names that no one's really going to question. So you can get that done with the rating, but then how do you ranking, but then how do you like really see them or the teams from the open qualifiers or whatnot? And that's where you bring in the team seeding each other. And you have the... Uh, sorry, uh, which, uh, which like section are we at? Like qualifier for the RMR. Okay, Because yeah, it's okay, a bit more right, tricky. Yeah, yeah. And some of these teams that come from the open qualifier might just be a mix and they might be completely unranked. But some of these teams might be just a newer team that's changed players, right? And it's still like, let's say, a good team, but they just are down sure. on the ranking because they didn't play anything yet with this new roster. So realistically they should probably be a higher seed than potentially some of the teams in the close qualifier, right? So then once you get all those teams, well, let's say it's 32 teams at the close qualifier, right, and it's being played online, then you have teams seed each other for that phase, um, and that's the way how you kind of even, even it out. And I know people always say teams are, like, trolling each other, and, you know, you have... Um, you know, like teams would, I don't know, intentionally vote the best team lower. I don't know. That's just so ridiculous to me. I've never actually really experienced that in a couple of tournaments that I've been at as a coach where the system was used. Like, it was fine. Usually you feel like, you know, sometimes other teams underestimate you, right? But that's also just a motivating factor when you say, wait, they we are below these teams, for example. And then you're just, well, let's show them, right? Like, who's really where or, or, or something like that. And I know... I think it was one of you two guys, maybe you, Chad, who said that the guy who brought it up at TSL even said, like, the mathematical model that's being used for that uh, erases, like, the outliers. So if you had a team put, I don't know, yeah, Navi yeah, in yeah. phase, like, 16 and 15, right, that, that wouldn't be sure. counted at all. Yeah, I, I think that there's... I think that would probably be a good time to do that, right? Especially with having the... Like you, I don't know if you'd have to use the ranking, right? Because those are the teams who get invited based on their performances, uh, the regional rank, the regional standing. So you you could use the you're using the regional standing to invite half the teams uh, at the closed qualifier. Yeah. The rest of them go through the open qualifier, and yeah, I think that's that's fair because that's that's probably a decent way to to seed them in with recent data. Um, I'd be curious to see if that that would be something they'd want to do, uh, but that would be a good point to do it. And then I guess. How would but how would that I guess at that point would you reseed then how would you reseed them for the RMRs or you would you just use the the uh, the regional standings would you use the placements you'd have to use the placements at the R at the close qualifier right you couldn't you just have to how how could you how could you go against that inf it depends also when the close qualifier for the is RMR? before the RMR like you mean the seeding at the RMR how it would be determined yeah no not from the yeah. close qualifier. Just like you don't see that the major from the RMR. Why? Because you can have a team come through the open qualifier and write, let's say, who knows what the format is going to be at the closed qualifier. If it's the same shit one with two best of ones and Swiss and then a best of three, and let's say they get two best of one wins and go 3-0 or 3-1. So then at the RMR, they should be seeded over, I don't even know who, right? Like a, a really good but team that, that, that's there as well, like... No, you reseed. Wouldn't their wouldn't their regional standing though change depending on how well they did at it, that close qualifier? It would, right? but what, let's say the close qualifier is online, then even if they have a good result, it should change, but not change by too much. 
and then you use their ranking. You don't use just the the close qualifier result. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not, but it would it would it would elevate them oh, somewhat. Yeah, I'm would. not saying it would put them towards the top or anything, but it would still yeah it, because like, it's the most. I'm just trying to think thing, yeah. because. Yeah, and it would have to be considered the most like relevant data. So I'm with you. I'm not well, like I, I don't expect like them winning the close. I don't want to get too nitpicky here, but let's say right before the close qualifier, there was a you know a big LAN. I was still you know those points matter more. I think it would get more points from a result there, and they would still count more than the close qualifier ones, even though it's more recent. But it's online. It's just a closed fucking qualifier. So you know, mm. well, I think all the things would contribute like however they're weighted, but. What I what I'm trying to get to here, I think I think because I'm still exploring the thought myself, is that if you do the do the team seeding one another in the closed qualifier because all of those teams are trying to qualify uh, for the RMR, then once you get to the RMR, if you believe that the regional standings are using enough relevant recent data, you should then be able to seed the RMR from the regional standings. And then once you're from the RMR, then I think you still need a mechanism in place for the regions to seed each other. Because North America as a region, comparatively speaking, like we have a team from them that gets to be a legend team, right? But it's like a cusp legend it's, team. It's, it's America's right? it's overall, not, right? It's not just North America. Uh, yeah. So for, for America's... Over, so And that's the thing, like this, the strength of the entire region kind of feels like it it needs to be based on the representatives in a way, right? Like we always know that down the bottom of the totem pole is always going to be Australia and Asia. Like those two spots are always going to be last. But how do you, where do you put in the legend spot for America? Is the legend spot for, it should be the last legend seed, right? Like definitely so. But, you know, should it be even below some of the European challenger positions? Like I, I feel like there still needs to be some mechanism to work out what regions like how the regions like intertwine because we know that some are better than others right i guess it's only three regions now it's not how it used to be it's not as well you, when we had fucking i yeah. think that i think that starts to make it obviously extremely complicated but i think it just starts to go against the spirit of what valve want which is every region represented and we'll still be represented yeah i just i don't i like, don't I'm think not saying take away i don't their... think they'd ever say i think they want they want that legend seed to mean something right so i don't think you could I, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. It's well, it's uh, it gets even weirder, and we don't have to go down this road too deep because this gets a little bit crazy. But when you go to the Americas region because you can't play online from Brazil versus American teams because of ping issues, they can split it up. Yeah, they have it? to yeah. they have to split that up. So there's three closed qualifiers for three different regions, and I guess it's the same for Asia where you know you can't do Australia and and China or something like that, but. Yeah, there might actually be five closed qualifiers because you'd have to split split them up. Because I'm assuming these are all going to be online. I don't think I don't yeah. think any TO is going to want to splurge at the moment to, to run another three LAN events leading into the major, um, especially when you're when you're blowing all your cash on the actual major itself. So we're going to have a South America closed qualifier, North America closed qualifier, China and, and Asia closed qualifier, and an Australian closed qualifier, and then and then Europe. So yeah, it's going to get a little bit weird. When I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know how that would affect things long term if like one major has a split qualifier and then one major doesn't split the qualifiers like that. Would that cause any kind of uh, I don't even know. Well, it sounds like we're going to get more Counter-Strike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, we're getting so, way more Counter-Strike. <laughs> the, there always seems like there's more Counter-Strike to be had. I, I guess this is just trying to bring, bring some order to 
the crazy gauntlets of the open qualifiers. There's still probably some bigger names that are going to have to go through open qualifiers. It's going to be really interesting to see how all of this shakes out. And there's a lot for people to digest. Um, you can head over. It's like on GitHub. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll put the link in the description of fucking the YouTube or, or something like that. I don't know. We'll, but we can make it. If people want to go and read about it, they can. Or there's an article on HLTV, usually the best way to go to find these what? things. But I know that they've like updated a bunch of stuff over there. You can even see like, uh, so like, who has which slots, right? America has one legend slot because of the Furia performance, but the the rest of these shebangers are all European and that distribution contender challenger positions, all that jazz. Uh, so what do we got here? Major invites for spring twenty twenty three. Europe uh, one because Europe has to be broken up into two categories because they have so many spots. Four legend slots, three challenger slots, and one contender slot. Why has it got plus 0.5? I, oh, I get that's because of the little mini competition they have to do to, to be able to decide the lot. Yeah, that, the last I think that's also think important because we were talking about it last time around, like having to invite more teams to the RMR, yes. like how it could be a logistical nightmare for Blast and like just come, it's just sounded insane, the scale of it, right? So luckily they found a way to work around it really with the extra games, but it just also... That also feels a little bit iffy, but still better than what the... Doing a whole other yeah. thing of Swiss. I'm trying yeah. to find yeah, it, I, where I, I saw the thing where it says which teams play who, like the the two, three teams. I think it was, like, I know Dust2 DK had an article as well. There's, there's I think, came out before... Uh, no, Dust2 US, not DK. Boom, DK baby! The, uh, yeah, the US getting something <laughs> nice. Done. You're talking about your, your one little slot. They had an article out. I read that one first. Um, where is it here? Uh, the RMR format for a region is determined by the number of slots uh, for that region. All teams not directly invited due to RMR position are to qualify in through open qualifiers. Uh, the format as follows. Can you is this it? So two teams in a group. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to quickly scan it here to find that section you were talking about here. Uh, 17 teams. The three remaining 3-3 three, three teams are first sorted by difficulty score. The lower two teams play a best of three and the loser is eliminated. The remaining two teams play a best of three and the loser is eliminated. Like this is if we're talking in like 17 to 19 invite range right here. 18 teams, the three teams remaining, da 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 da. Right, like the... Is it that yes, section yes, there? Yes, yes, towards that, the bottom yeah, of the that's page. what I was referencing. Yeah. So we have 17 invites. Is that what we'll have from Europe or... I think so. Let me just quickly double. I'm pretty sure it's 17. I was just reading that before in the in the GitHub. Uh, it's down the bottom here. So we've got seven legend spots, right? Outsiders, Heroic, Mouse, Cloud9, Fnatic, Team Spirit, Navi, right? Those are the seven legend spots. And then uh, Challenger goes, Big Ents, uh, uh, Big Ents, uh, Bad News Eagles, Vitality, Sprout, NIP, Phase. Gamer Legion, OG. Oh boys, we're getting deep into the weeds. Yeah, I think. Wait, I think it made seventeen. It, it was yeah, more, yeah so the problem. The problem with that is, or was, that the closed qualifier will follow the RMR format for the court. So the number of participating regional teams will be at minimum twice the number of teams who will advance to the RMR, which is the same for the RMR to the major. So does that mean there needs to be like? 34 teams at least in the RMRs. Yeah, but it can be online, right? It can be... No, for the RMRs. Uh, no, the, but the RMRs are two groups of 16, right? 
Okay. Yeah. So then, then the, so then they just last so then so they just use this twist. last thingy to to, to determine, determine the last. The last so they don't increase the number of teams yeah. in the RMR. All right. So they just qualify one more team from the two groups that we had the last time around, and the way they do it is this remaining three three teams that didn't qualify. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like it. Well, I don't know if I like it. We'll find out. I don't want to put my name uh, saying I liked anything or didn't like it. It seems like it has some promise to it. It's been thought through. But the one that really gets me going is this regional standing. So I want I want more information on that. Hopefully we get more information on that yeah. soon, as well as an Anubis update. I cannot believe there hasn't been a fucking Anubis update. It's blasphemy. Uh... Fuck it. I just wanted them to fix the clipping. Just fix the clipping. Just the clipping, man. Um, yeah, yeah. They it'll come. You know it'll come. I heard. Uh, I heard. Um, Kadian talking about it during media day. I was listening in uh, to an okay. open door. Um, I don't know if they're going to play it, but he said he was really, really enjoying playing it. Uh, and uh, considering their permabands dust too, that's interesting. Yeah, he was. He was like, yeah, it's it's been kind of fun to have a new map, first one since what 2019 when Vertigo came in, I believe was was that. So like, Ancient was the was new, right? Oh yeah, Ancient. My bad. Why did I say Vertigo? Oh, I don't know. I know I'm what broken. you meant. I bet it was 20, 2020 Ancient came in, right? Or was it 2021? I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe I'm quoting Katie incorrectly and he was wrong. Let's pin it on 21 him. In, 21 IM Summer right. was the first event. That's possible, yeah. Jason. We, I'm happy to do that. Katie's not here to defend himself No, it's right his now. problem. It's his fault. Yeah. Kick the can down the road. But they're, they're seeming excited to play. That's, that's one of the factors for them that they could just do because they are essentially just pugging uh why not bring out something new why not just like play anubis with config in the lead up as practice and then just fucking play it and see what happens what it, or at least have the threat i think of chad it. you said you thought it was gonna be played three times this event yanko said the over under was set at 2.5 and he thinks it's gonna be two he's taking the under i believe at the last episode i'm gonna go up to five it's gonna be played five oh times. you're changing to five whoa yep. i thought three was a yep. great place for you to be i'm not gonna lie the map's a good map. It's a good map. It's going to get played. People are going to take some risks. People are feeling a bit fruity, a bit funky. They're going to be mm. right outside the box. They're going to be doing some naughty business, and it's going to make me excited to watch. Do, so I hope we still do. Do either of you know anything about uh, Nipple? Or MPL, as he is now known. NPL. Yeah, whatever we want to call him. Well, what are you going to call him? you got to cast his name. I think I'm required to call him NPL. Not required, but I think it was... You know, we usually like to stay. If a team asks specifically for a pronunciation, we we, we go with that one. Um, okay. But look, I'm yeah. There's gonna be there's there's gonna be some nip slips, obviously. Of course, always has to be a yeah. couple, a few jokes. Um, I don't know a lot about him other than he was he's in the Navi Junior roster, right? Yeah, so I, did, I just I didn't know, know if 17. any of you guys had actually seen him play at any point. Uh, no, I haven't done any of the We Play Academy okay. stuff. Um, so I, I don't have that, that first-hand knowledge that the Harry and Hugos and the Scrawny and Launders and, and those mob from doing... I don't even know if they've seen MPL. Maybe he's one of the newer names over there. It is going to be interesting to see to see just uh, how the experiment works when they bring him in because we've seen this before with Blast events when teams have, have played with the six-man situation. It was Vitality, namely, I suppose. Um, but it, it, it's always a bit of fun. I think it adds to the spectacle, which is something that Blast are already very good at. So having this uh, again as a little a little cherry on top, it, it just it just keeps things interesting, you know. It adds it, it's not hey this is the world finals and this should be everybody fighting like tooth and nail. We obviously know that there's some different reasons why that's not the case for everybody, and this is Navi's. So it's going to be cool to see how they wield this uh, this weapon. But other than being excited to watch them play, I don't know. I I've kind of stopped putting too many assumptions on what I think I'm going to get 
I just I'm trying to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he's just another revelation like Bit. Well, at least for the first year. Poor Bit, man. Poor Bit. Wait, what, why poor Bit? Uh, he was just such a monster in that first. Oh yeah, year. he had good. He had a good. But now he's season. not as much of a monster. Yeah. Well, yeah. could, it's hard to back that up. I yeah, think. I was gonna say, can you reasonably expect that that level? No, you should. We shouldn't have got it in the first place. Yeah, really. that's, I think that's, that's the so crazy good, right? thing because it kind of came from nowhere. It was this. It was the. It was yeah. the rise of Bit and Perfecto that really that really powered him on. Yeah, I I just think like. I think Navi, as Yanko said when we were talking about like the top three teams of the event a bit earlier on, and I think that's the thing with Navi. It's like we we the expectation isn't for them to win the event, but they they like easily could win the event. Like it's still there's still some really scary names just in the circle. Yeah, I mean it's it's, fucking, it's 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 it's, a it's like you said when you have simple on your team, like you automatically get in this get a get a certain level. There's like a minimum floor you can be ranked at when you have simple on the roster. He, there's always the here's respect. a question about navi for you guys how how do we feel now that we're like what five months uh down the road of electronic leadership it started out with a bang they I, came in they won they won lisbon i think we're still pointing fingers elsewhere like i think that electronic because he's still getting kills right he's still performing in the frag department um he just that the, the He's not the focal point of the discussion around like Navi. I think like a lot of people, and I know we spoke about this, but like the way that the relationship between like Simple and SDY, for example, was a big talking point on Reddit and stuff. Um, so that people are probably looking at that. People are going to be talking about the team being displaced. The is is he the fifth man? Now they have the six man situation. So I don't know. Electronics kind of gone under the radar in that regard. And then you can make excuses for why maybe his in game leadership hasn't been great because if this isn't the player they're sticking with or maybe those are just excuses but i think it's been i would say it's been fine i wouldn't say it's been bad yeah i'm, I'm with you i think but uh, i think he's getting he's getting a huge he's one of those players who's getting a huge benefit that we kind of gloss over that leadership stuff well because so much is going on but also because he was such an established player like we haven't criticized electronic in like in like five years i feel you know like since he really blew up into the scene he's just been he's just been all all, all aces so he's kind of getting yeah, his rating benefit. is definitely yeah. down. His his rating is definitely down on last year, but they're also not winning as much. So like, yeah, I, is that is that on him in the way that they're? I don't no, know. I think I think you I think you framed it well because I think there's so many external factors going on as also that it's like there there's so many other places you can point to for a drop in performance, and it feels like it feels like at the moment Navi is just like carrying a lot of extra baggage around with him, a lot of extra weight, and then of of all the circumstances. Uh, that you can't really pin it on any one thing, you know? Yeah, I think mm. it's doing fine. Yeah. I think it's more so, you know, they're lacking some cohesion as a team, right? And it's like their style is dependent yeah. on individuals, you know, doing some micro stuff really well, having good timings when they go for those later splits and whatnot, playing off of each other, giving good information, right? So I, I think more rounds were lost because of that than him making like terrible calls and I think also having simple on your team as a guy who is definitely very vocal and can help out especially in the mid round a lot I think that's also making it easier blade go blade goes without saying right and the stuff that he does so I think he can I think Navi can be the best team in the world with electronic as the IGL let's put it that way All right. okay fair yeah. enough fair enough yeah, um, I, look, I, I always like watching Navi play. It's always a fun, exciting team. I think that's the thing. Like, the reason that these names 
we like watching them is because the Counter-Strike can be really, really entertaining. And if the Counter-Strike's not entertaining, maybe some of the reactions or the personalities can be entertaining as well, right? So there's always something to follow along here. That's why Na'Vi, uh, I guess, is such a popular unit. And we get, we get, uh, look, if we had Cloud9 at this event, we'd probably have everything we want for yep. the year, really, right? Cloud9, Cloud9 are the ones who are missing here. If we had Cloud9 there, you could make an argument for Ents after their early year, but the fact that the roster changed with two yep. significant pieces... Uh, but then you can make that argument for a bunch of other teams. Like I could, I could easily say, "Oh man, maybe it would be more exciting to have Spirit at this event than it would to be have G two, right?" Like there's a, there's a whole bunch of names I could maybe you know chop and change out like that. But Cloud Nine feel like the ones who are, are missing from this puzzle here. Um, did we were we talking on the last episode we did about the the potential changes? I think we did, right? We covered off that news had already come out. Yeah, Cloud Nine, about Cloud yeah. Nine, and the rumors. Yeah, okay. So I don't, I don't think we've missed too much news, really. I had Kenny on HLTV Confirmed last night. I had a bit of a chat to him. He's in Falcons now over there with MBK and Masuda and uh, Python. Uh, they're, so they're having a good time. I'm just trying to think. Is there is there much more? Maybe we've... Well, maybe, it's, it's been a, it's been a slow news week. I want to mention one thing, which is going to sound okay. ridiculous at first. No, it's not. It's about the okay. IESF Grand Finals, which had... Okay, the Blue, Blue Jays, Jays won beat I uh, IRC, right? Who was obviously at the major and they beat them three one in a best of five where IRC had a one zero default, you know, lead. Yeah. Advantage, and, and the yeah, result okay. was sixteen three, sixteen eight, sixteen seven. So they beat them handily. And this is a team that's been a couple of times I've I've followed some of their games because you know they're they're from this region and they were just like one series away from either qualifying for the RMR or qualifying for like, you know, like a bigger tournament or a play-in here or maybe one of those DreamHack challengers and whatnot and couldn't just get over the, the hump. But they've been getting better. And this uh, Chachanito guy or Kakanito, I'm actually not sure how you how he would pronounce it. I think it's but Kakanito. Someone spoke to Jason and I about him yeah, recently. Yeah, he, he is really good. Like, you know, and I, I think I even heard rumors of a couple of uh you know like tier two wars like international teams taking a look at him as well so might be a team that we will see at some of the tournaments we do next year right if they were able to kind of build on this a little bit more and you know just have like they catch that break basically but don't yep. be surprised if you you know hear their name next year a little bit more often okay one to look out for and here they are in, the in this uh you know, they're in the challenger season still. They're playing Saw in like the upper bracket semifinal. They're actually playing them today in five hours. Okay, so, so they could be they they could be there at the, uh, at, the yeah. at, at the conference. Yeah, okay, cool. We'll keep an eye out for that. So there's more games of Counter Strike going on here. Yeah, I think it was was it Lens, Jason? We were talking to. It might I have think, been maybe. Yeah, because we were talking to some people at Pro League, and I think maybe it was Lens from yeah. Big, but I don't, I don't remember. You know, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. It was. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was. That would have been during that conversation. My brain's, my brain's, it's kind of working. I'm not doing the music. I was anymore, trying to think but, back uh, to who would have mentioned him to us, and I, my brain wasn't going as far back as Pro League, so I'm, I'm glad you pulled that rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, it just feels like I'm always here, mate, so it's just down the road, really. Um, all right, gentlemen. Well, this has been an, another bit of a an episode here. I I would like I liked it when we had that episode and there were more people active in the comments. Maybe we could start, especially if we start using the Twitter. Uh, we could you could start if people have questions for when we're on the show and stuff. We could a little AMA uh, segment talk about them. 
Yeah, the, any 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 stuff like that could be interesting to do, I think, here to get a bit more engagement. Uh, we were talking before we kicked off today's show about uh, what we're going to do for the one after uh, the Blast World Finals come to a close. So we'll have to work out the, the timing for all of that. We're all going to be all over the world. I'll be down under. I think, Jason, you'll be back in the States. We'll actually Bianca, have be in to Europe, coordinate so three time zones that are like, at the very least, six hours apart. So it's going to be like morning yeah. for Jason midday for me Probably and midnight like for me night for you so that's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah well we could we could actually do the uh what what is it it's six it's six p.m somewhere i think so what's more realistic a, is like when it's 9 p.m for jason 3 a.m for me and like 11 a.m for you chad because that's when we're all probably the most alert <laughs> well uh, look okay. i think i've all been right. i think i've been awake for 26 hours straight at this point so uh you sound great buddy I don't. I don't feel great. Got, I'm not gonna lie to you. It's uh. Well, I haven't have a shower, or have you already had a shower? Uh, I've had a shower today. I. What about try steam to be sitting down. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll never try that. Fuck that shit. Um. Yeah, I had my shower. I I could do a shower. I have to go do a media after this. I have I have media in 20 minutes. That I gotta go do. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, this is perfect for us to be really the show is. right now. Then, yeah, I've, I I I landed at four in the morning. Tried to sleep, didn't sleep. Went for a run, did breakfast, did media, did All this. Right, fucking Mark Wahlberg. I know. I I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I, I gotta last five more hours and then I can sleep. 10 p.m. tonight, and then I pass out. And I try. I hope and pray that I'm on the the Abu Dhabi schedule from there on out. All right. Well, Let's it's see. been our pleasure to uh, keep you awake, yeah, Jason. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, should we close it out and do a prediction of who's going to win Worlds? Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Do we want to give justification? No, or just, just throw out a name. We, I think we... this is this is pretty up in the air. I think there's a lot of ways you go with it. So let's just do just for shits and giggles. Mine's the most boring. Um, I'm going to go for Faze. I'm going to go for Outsiders after saying most boring. No, that's going to no. be me. I'm going to go with Outsiders. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Uh, and Jason's gonna go with liquid. Yeah, of course. right. I, I was actually, you know, not to not to crowd in there. I was gonna go for phase as well. Oh, that's I, all right. I was we gonna can, go for we phase. Can both be behind the I, phase. I, I, yeah, I'm excited right. for every game Outsiders plays though, just because I want to see them against the the big boys. That's the thing. That framing is, is great. That's a really great framing to have a, have around it right there. And I think that there's also a lot of potential for explosive matches considering the situation around heroic. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I always I always enjoy. It. Oh, I did want to. We should now. Let's let's t- we'll talk about it next time. I'm going to put a pin in this. We'll talk about Write it next it down. time. You're going to forget because we're not going to do one till I would imagine after Christmas. Fuck, I don't know. We'll yeah. work no, it out. We'll anyway, I'll write it down. It'll be somewhere. Time, Jason, when you're back home before Christmas. Okay. Perfect. Go, but then we'll do one after Christmas yeah. as well. Maybe we'll do one at Christmas. We'll all do. <laughs> wait, Yankers is, is on a different day. Is, We've already yeah. determined we that. Could do, right. We could do two Let's Christmas episodes. I like a Christmas special. All right. Well, all right. Goodbye, Merry everybody. Christmas. Bye.